Fuckers. Welcome to No Prize From God, Episode 15. No Prize From God features conversations with creative people about belief, unbelief, and everything between. My guest this episode is Isan, co-founder and frontman for legendary black metal pioneers Emperor and accomplished solo artist. Black metal grew from sensationalized extreme music scene, splashed across newspaper pages and television reports, with its theatrical pageantry and grim connection to church burnings and even murder, both within and outside its own ranks, to become arguably Norway's biggest cultural export. A mixture of lo-fi punk aggression, fierce tempos, savagely screeching vocals and overall ambiance, black metal music is virtually inseparable from its spiritual purpose. Within the spectrum of the creative art to have sprung from the scene, there are calls for a return to Europe's pre-Christian religious traditions, often paired with an antagonistic aggression determined to strike a blow against Christianity itself. For some, it was rebellion for its own sake, regardless of the window dressing. For others, it's as much a philosophy and lifestyle as anything else. While there are, of course, important black metal bands elsewhere in the world, and the music can trace its roots to everything from new wave of British heavy metal to American thrash, no other country is as synonymous with the specifics of the black metal genre as Norway, and only a handful of bands can reasonably claim to be among the elite vanguard of black metal royalty like Emperor. In the Nightside Eclipse is a classic in the genre, and the creative leap between that full-length debut and its follow-up, Anthems to the Welkin at Dusk, was astounding. As Emperor grew into young adults and the scene's more shocking headlines began to fade, their music took on increasing bombast and atmosphere with an orchestral flair. Emperor left behind a catalog of four monstrous studio albums, each filled with its own secrets and nuances, dancing beneath the overarching symphony of aggro noise. Ishan released his seventh solo album this year, continuing to add important and diverse pieces to his life's work, working from the same town where he was born. In addition to his creative brilliance and aggressive innovation, this guy is a thoughtful and intelligent figure. Though his worldview evolves, his core contrarianism and his contempt for hypocrisy remains with firm roots in the majesty of his country's past and the mythology of the genre he helped construct. On top of everything else, he's a fellow fan of one of my favorite bands of all time, Norwegian rock trio AHA. So here it is, my conversation with Ishan. This is No Prize From God.
and before we get into the uh, you know life's bigger questions, I want to say before uh, you know going head first into heavy metal and punk rock as a teenager, some of the first bands I loved were uh, Adam and the Ants, Generation X, The Cure. But my my absolute favorite band for years as a kid was Aha. <laughs> And I, oh, perfect. And I, yeah, I saw an interview where you were talking about how you were, they were like, what are you listening to? And you were like, well, it's not very metal. I'm listening to AHA. And I'm like, that's one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's a, an absolutely amazing band. And, you know, and, uh, and the songwriting, the, you know, the, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful band. And they have some extremely nice, nice songs, really, just the craftsmanship. Even even on the second Emperor album, I, I, it, it is not a rip-off, it is like a small tribute to Aha in there, where we actually used uh, a small melodic part on top of you know, some of the black metal riffs just to, yeah, I put that in there as a, as a little tribute. Uh, the, minute, <laughs> the, the minute we're finished talking, I'm going to dig that up <laughs> and, see, and see if I can find it. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I uh, for me as a as a kid growing up in the '80s in Indiana, which you know, in a nowhere part of a of a nowhere town, so to speak, um, you know, Aha were one hit wonders in America. So being like a huge fan of theirs was was sort of strange and and uh, obscure. <laughs> you know, after yeah, after I, the song had worn off. Was, yeah, I'd assume it was just like take on me, and then that was it. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I remember, you know, um, you know, trying to tell people like, no, there's the sun always shines on TV, and there's uh, and there's train of thought. It looks just like the take on me video, and uh, <laughs> but there's a pan flute, and and yeah, and I was uh, you know following them uh, when Scoundrel Days, which is actually my favorite record, came out enough mm-hmm. that enough that I was, you know, I was like twelve or thirteen years old, but I was going to buy that on street date. Um, and you know, getting all the twelve-inch singles with the extended mixes, and yeah, I was I was a a hardcore yeah, fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's it's um, I think in a way I got I think they maybe got as big as they could possibly get. You know, being a band from Norway, you know, and especially a pop band, and they you know of course obviously before they broke in in the UK, they had, they had absolutely no support. You know, locally. It's uh, it to some extent it's it's still like that in Norway, you know that uh, you know we we have some big shots these days you know with uh, uh, or for, had for many like uh, the producer team Stargate mm-hmm. has been producing for you know Beyonce and and what well, had like major hits, but uh, but uh, it's like the boss of you know the the commercial state channel radio channel mm-hmm. had some kind of beef beef with them personally so he refused to play any of their hits on, oh wow you know it, it's stuff like that it, it's such a small scene yeah so so uh, uh you know it, it it evolves around oslo and that pop scene they, they live in a bubble in there it's very unlike uh, sweden who have kind of with their with their kind of cultural background with abba and roxette Max Martin, mm-hmm. you know, it's they, they have a mentality that yeah, Swedes are, are uh, you know, we can make music, you know, in uh, an international capacity. Whereas in Norway, it's the ideal is like this is almost on international quality, you know, for a reason. It's it's a strange thing. It's mm. uh, it's it's fascinating. But luckily, I'm no part of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting to think that it has to be almost validated somewhere else before 
people at yeah. home than than kind of accept it. Yeah, I, I actually a few years ago, um, uh, I, I, he may have more than one, but I, I have a record or two, I think, from Morton uh, Morton Harkett solo records. Um, hmm. And yeah, and they're not even they're not in English. <laughs> He's not singing in English. No, but but uh, fun fact for you there. I mean, I've, you know, or two in fact. I mean, I, I've I've been able to meet uh, a lot of you know my idols. You know, uh, you know, in the capacity of, of you know traveling and doing shows and festivals and all that, and uh, obviously one of my biggest heroes, of course, is Rob Halford. Yes. You know, so it's uh, such a sweet guy, and uh, you know, we even in a professional way, you know, I mean, I, he called me, you know, unexpectedly sometime, and you know, the, that's not the story, but I mean, he's uh, he's uh, a big influence, and uh, of course, he's the god of metal. Of so course. Regardless of how nice it is, you know, that aura is with him. So it's just that immense respect. But beyond that, I think one of the biggest stars I actually ever met, you know, like, you know, star-wise, was probably Morton Harkett. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, and that we, we were part of the same, uh, I mean, it, it, we were just there for, for a mutual friend. And uh, because uh, an author that me and my wife were collaborating with for some music, for some poetry and everything... Uh, he he was the one uh, Howard Rem. He was one. He's been re- writing a lot of the M- Morton Harkett solo uh, lyrics, mm, you know, wow. and, as a collaborator with him. So, wow. and he's a friend of one, and his son was a student of mine. And yeah, the, Norway is a small place, but yeah, it was, it was fun meeting Morton Harkett. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, yeah, and we, and we yeah we appear to have much in common because my uh, my uh, profile picture on social media for the last you know. St- year is a picture of me and rob alford yeah i've had the opportunity to interview him uh three different times over the last year um i do a uh i host a q a series at the musicians institute here in los angeles um and i've had rob there uh twice where we do you know 90 minutes to an hour um on stage and and it's basically just him and i in conversation and then we take questions from the students and um yeah he just couldn't be any more gracious. I mean, you know, there's, there's some people that you meet, you know, 11 or 12 times and you're meeting them for the first time every time. And mm. <laughs> Rob's one of those guys where it's like instantly, you know, the second time I was ever around him, it's like we were old friends or something, you know, like, uh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, that, that's my impression. I haven't, I just met him, you know, on a couple of occasions, you know, some usually not for very long. You know, but it's more like, you know, coming backstage, saying hi, you know, during a show or or after a show or something or, or you know, the, a few emails and, and uh, you know, talking on the phone. But it's, um, yeah. And I know and I know and I know I, he's, I, get what, he's a, I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know he's very welcoming in that way. And I, and I know that he's a, a fan of yours, you know, like a legitimate fan. He's, he's talked about your music and interviews Which and is, things like that, you know. Yeah, I, I just saw that, you know, that he put up like uh, anthems. Member as one of his ten top ten. Yes, I saw uh, that. Oh, ever, and, ever, yeah, with like yeah, and, and Metallica. And that's amazing. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's and it, that, that's why he you know called me once because he you know he had uttered in some interviews that he actually wanted to do you know a joint uh, album together with me, you know. So uh, which was of course was a huge compliment. Amazing. And uh, yeah, we we discussed some of that, and but of course he came back into Priest. And obviously his schedule and, you know, it, 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 it amounted to nothing. But, uh, well, 
if if you speak to him again, mention it and said, uh, "Yes, <laughs> I was just if, I was just gonna say if, it. If, if he's still up for it, I'm still here." You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to pass that message along. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, so yeah, so digging into this a little bit, um, one thing that I'm not familiar with, uh, what was your first introduction, um, at, you know, as a child to these ideas of of religion and and faith and the, the bigger things and, and so on. Were you, uh, were your, was your, did you have anyone in your family who was religious or was this introduced no. to you young or no? No, not really. It's just, you know, more like my, my, none of my parents were any religious and I, I wouldn't say, you know, my grandparents either. It was just, you know, like probably my grandmother, she had her kind of childhood faith, you know, so, something like that. And they, you know, people got married in church and baptized and all that, but more like you know it's it's what everybody else did kind of thing mm-hmm. so 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 uh, i had no religious uh, background and I, I i remember i even got in a in a fight with uh, not in a fight but like verbally with uh, my first grade teacher because she was super religious and of course they're very imposing in that regard and and she started talking about you know the creation of the world and and I said, no, no, sorry, you're, sorry, you're, you're wrong. That was the Big Bang, you know. And <laughs> I got in trouble, and I guess uh, it was. I, I don't think I gave it much thought, you know, before you know. Um, it's, you know, till I got a teenager, and and probably also influenced by the type of music and the type of perspectives that you, you kind of start thinking about with. Yeah, in that kind of rebellious state of mind. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, did you find that that was common sort of uh, in the culture around you that that church and everything was sort of, you know, the community sort of cultural aspects of it, like you said, baptisms and weddings and so forth, but that the the actual kind of core of the beliefs or the daily practices of it or whatever were, were absent? It's just very fake, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's, it's it, it, it had no substance to it and i think i i guess it, it, it's um it's kind of strange almost to be you know this type of music is very associated with being a very opposition to you know christian society and in norway and you know everything that happened in the early 90s all that but uh, but i think maybe it's a consequence of the when you when you see, whether consciously or subconsciously you know when you you kind of are drawn to this type of music, these types of imagery, these types, you know, that kind of atmosphere and that thought pattern. Obviously, it's, it's because on a search for something that's real. Yes, you yes, know? yes. And I think many of us who, who maybe felt a bit alienated from, you know, that typical pack mentality thing, you know, that's it, that feeling of every, everybody seeming to have, you know, so knowing what to do collectively and you just felt a bit clueless. It, it was not like I was friendless or, or anything like that. Or it, it, it was just a, an alienation, which I guess many people go through whether they they end up doing black metal or not. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. no. So so. But I think you, you search for something that is real, and and in in that uh, as a contrast, you see all the kind of hypocrisy of things around you, and and how. You know this religion, and it's a, it's always a bit more. It feels a bit more dangerous, actually, as a, and 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 threatening uh, as an institution sometimes because 
it it's really not talked about. It's just there, and you just you just silently mm. accept that you know you do all these rituals and and you sing the songs and you and and you kind of do the services when it, you're expected to, and it, you know really a very silent, invisible you know power in society because uh, and uh, kind of based on nothing. If that makes sense, so it's, it's just a, like. It's just like a kind of a silent acceptance of something where you see most people, they, they don't care. But if they are, you know, confronted by it, you know, they are, they are very defensive about, you know, Norwegian Christian culture and all that. So, uh, so uh, that, that was probably, you know, the starting point of all this. And of course, it, it wasn't just a natural uh kind of <laughs> adversary you mm -hmm. know but when you start out and and uh, or everything we grew up on i mean with iron maiden you know with number of the beast and you know that whole package of imagery and and everything everything that came with it became you know that that shell that armor that that showed yourself and everybody else that that you stood apart from all that you know, so it's a, it's it's a rebellion at heart. But then, I guess you get introduced to many of the more interesting aspects of that that debate. You know, by being in that environment. <laughs> the art that I respond to is art that has a strong point of view, um, an authenticity to it, and that and it doesn't. By no means does it have to be my exact worldview or point of view or 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 whatever. But just that. Um, but it has something to say, and that could be personal, you know, provocative in some way. Uh, it does, you know, a lot of times I say that, and it's misinterpreted that I mean it has to be political or something. I, I yeah, yeah, it, don't mean I, that I don't, at all. It, you know, no, but I, 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 I'm glad you say that because it's, you know, when you when you say something like that, and you like you you want want the music to stand for something, you know, to, yes. to have some substance, you know, that people behind it are are kind of for real it's it's and and you can you can get provoked by it or as i say whether you agree or not but yeah people often want to make it into something political and yeah. then it's kind of diminishing it because in in essence and and it's also very dangerous almost to talk about it in in terms of art because that's you know so that's very unpolitically correct you know to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that that's too big-headed already but it doesn't have to be i mean i think uh, at least for myself, I mean, the reason for for me being in music at heart, it's it's this kind of undescribable, you know, feeling, you know, that uh, that uh, well, it's not a happy feeling, it's not a sad feeling, it's just when you're dissolved in this moment of music or a piece of art or anything, it's just something that builds to that. And I think everybody who loves music in some some way know what I'm talking about. And it's, I would assume that would be like a religious feeling. Yes. So I think because as a music and other art forms as well, it's kind of that language. It can channel, you know, some of that existential fear, some of that, those existential questions that we never get answered, you know, that we as humans kind of deal with. But, but, uh, but of course, there are no answers to, 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 to you know, concretely to all this. It, it cannot be simplified, you know, life and, 
uh, and all this, but but I think we can connect with it at at that level. Yes, you know, I so, absolutely so, so, agree. So kind of substitutes that, but 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 out all the condemnation and all the rules of religions, so you kind of tap into a similar th- that kind of metaphysical part of your mind, but without all the all the stigma. Yeah, I, I feel like even in some you know some sort of pre organized Christian tradition when, when we're talking more, you know, tribal mystics who were out in the desert, you know, tripping out <laughs> that there yeah, was, yeah. there was something more like what you're describing, um, at play than, you know, of course, what, what things eventually evolve into as they're codified and, and, uh, weaponized, as I like to say, into, uh, you know, these tools of, uh, organizing society and so on. Yeah, and, and you could say, I mean, this is uh, it's probably going to, to sound harsh. I think I, I'm divided because I, well, as a, an individual and my respect for everybody else's individuality, you know, and, and that whole kind of philosophy of, of carving out your own moral grounds, you know, really feeling that in, in inside yourself rather than just mimicking what people are telling you to to be moral or moral stand, standards, you know, I think that is so important. But then I look at the world around me and society more. How can I put it? I, I have great faith in 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 people, you know, as as individual people, you know, but I, I, I don't really have much uh, faith in, in 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 humans as groups always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just that it. Uh, Oh, I I dive into in a bit too deep now. I I kind of lost the train of thought. But but, uh, <laughs> that, but that, um, that, that, that's what it, we do here. We get we get we get yeah, in too it, deep. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's just you know too 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 simplified, and and it starts as soon as you have these these big questions, as you said, and these big feelings that you can't really describe. That those big questions and of. Uh, yeah, to put it bluntly, like the meaning of life or whatever you you call it, and 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 suddenly there's a rule book and it's all the stigma and it, it and it becomes political, you know, and and uh, it's given so much credit, and and um, and people are or or groups of people I I, I would rather say they're just uh, destined to want to mis- misinterpret and uh, as. Just, I just caught on to what you were saying earlier with, with that if you say anything about this, they will just narrow it down to something political. Right, right. And that you're, uh, you're kind of discriminating someone. <laughs> and and people, people just, it seems like they're just looking for excuses to be offended, really. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and one of the things that uh, I was reading that I was struck by um, uh, you, you said um, it's very hard for you to pinpoint in particular what your belief system is because, uh, you know, while there are some constants, there are also some things that change as well. Uh, you you want to have a dynamic perspective on life and not settle for any given truth. Um, and that, that all stems kind of from what drew you to being an outsider and can barely describe how much I relate to that, you know, because uh, even within different belief systems or different groups. Um, I've always felt that outsiderness and a little, um, 
you know, I, I can't be boxed into specifically <laughs> aligning with, with too much of anyone, you know, and I, and what I've come to understand for so much of my life, I looked at that as, uh, a, some, like a, like a challenge or an obstacle to overcome that I needed to eventually arrive at a more fixed point of certainty with my belief system. And what I've come to understand now as I've gotten older is that the, the beauty of all of it is actually in the mystery and is in the, uh, the idea of the, for me anyway, you know, the idea of the Absolutely. Uh, and questioning. I, I think, you know? That's why I think that I, I found so, I mean, as I say, sometimes we, we read other stuff and read the, what other people say or have written and, and that amazing feeling when you, when, when you, you read a sentence uh, and, and you, from someone else and you say, yes, in those, you know, two sentences, this person described all these things that I've actually <laughs> actually had in the back of my mind. I just yeah. never put into words. Yes, this is it. Which is basically uh, how I feel most of the time reading Nietzsche. <laughs> mm, mm. And, and uh, you know, just to quote him on, you know, in relation to what you said, you know, that uh, an absolute truth is more dangerous to truth than lies. You know, because they, yeah. they're just set, settling for, yes, I have the answer, you know, then in essence, that's just this totalitarian, you know, power thing. Because it, it is like, yeah, I, I have the absolute truth, you know, and then everybody else is wrong. And, and that's the whole problem with, you know, the, all the different religions and everything that, you know, create all these wars and all this shit. Uh, or, or, or if it's kind of fanatic political ideas or, or what have you. Yes. When people just settle for that absolute truth and just will, will deny anything else, they can't be bothered to challenge their thinking and their perspectives. Uh, you know, it's uh, they become very, very dangerous. I think. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing more dangerous than a man who thinks he has God on his side. <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 I and I would argue, well, well, certainly doesn't have the same historical or cultural sway by any means. I would I would by no means uh, say that they're uh, equivocal, uh, but I, I do upset some people sometimes because I'm the guy that likes to point out that this sweeping new atheism, and I'm not talking about people who who don't believe, and, and that's their personal thing, but more this kind of movement that. Um, that religion is the sole, you know, most important overarching issue in humankind and that destroying it is the, uh, is the, is the most paramount of goals. And, and, and I would see that, you know, yeah, I, and I, I agree with you because it's with, with some, you know, atheists, you know, or, or just, you know, people I've met who are really, who are people who love to have to confront Jehovah's witnesses. Right, and like you know, your friends who said that, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses came to my door, and I really gave them, you know, uh, a mouthful of what I felt about them. You know, it's what's the bother? You know, I, I, I to be honest, I, I, I never felt, you know, hostility when you know they came knocking. It's like, sorry, I'm not, I'm not interested. Yeah, you know, it's they, these are, you know, obviously they're they're confused people, and. Uh, uh, it's not like you know I feel sorry for them, but I, there there is absolutely no point in me, you know, trying to prove myself to these people. It's it, it's 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 such a waste, you know. Yeah. For, 
it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of their time. It's uh, but some people are more. What it, yeah, what you're saying is probably that some pe people are more uh, focused on telling everybody else what they're wrong about, you know, rather than actually having an substitute substitute of thought matter themselves. Yes, <laughs> so, something that you stand for, and, and I and I realized, you know, earlier in my life. As, certainly as a teenager and as you said, you know, when you're getting into rebellious kind of counterculture music and art and, and films and things like that, I, I found that uh, a, a big portion of my of my early life was defined by what I was against. And it's been more, yeah. of, a, more of a challenge as as uh, as I've gotten older. Um, yeah, to start trying to define myself also by what do I stand for? And it's, yeah. it, which is a, a bit more difficult because it's kind of easy to point to all the things that are terrible around us and, and yeah, it's, uh, it's very them. easy. And it's, it's like with most people, you know, it's a, uh, you have a lot of, uh, what do you call that? Uh, resentment for, uh, for politicians, mm -hmm. you know, of people who were like, yeah, the fucking politicians, there's, you know, wow, they're stupid and they should be thrown out of there. I mean, well, there's really no, if you, uh, uh, this is a horrible thing I, I thought it was a funny quote someone said like yeah my taxi driver was telling me everything that was wrong about politicians and the world and it's just too bad he's too busy driving a cab instead of fixing it <laughs> right, you know? right. So, but it's, it's very much like that yeah and uh, uh, it's uh, to, to me I mean I, I when you see you know politicians the, the, what they base their 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 uh, kind of decisions on and it's it seems very strange from the outside but in in principle these are people for the most part 95 percent of politicians are not necessarily power people they're just people who really you know truly wants to make the world a better place you know and and most of them work for free you know on evenings and parts and just try to and volunteer for stuff to <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to make a difference and it's uh it's, I'm sure it's much harder than just you know sitting on the ass in your couch and kind of criticize it. And I do, th and I do think that you know deconstructing is obviously important, and that's a big you know reason why Absolutely. why we're talking. Absolutely. And, and um, I mean, you know, you named a record the adversary, and <laughs> much of your career has been defined by uh, you know that um, being in opposition. But I think also uh, you know I, I saw you. I think there was a Nietzsche quote actually that you used once about, um, you know, having to scream loud enough that the heart of hearing can hear you. I think I'm paraphrasing, but, um, you know, that this is an extreme art form and that that's what it, this, this is the place to do that, you know? Yeah. yeah and, 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 um, <clears throat> it's also, I mean, a lot of art is about creating a reaction. Yes. It's, it's and, and, and especially this form of, you know, it's not necessarily, uh, telling people what is the right thing. You know, it's it, you need to to put up some 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 perspectives and some juxtapositions, you know, in these questions, and not be. I, to, to be honest, I, I find a lot of of metal these days. It's it's really very politically correct, mm -hmm. you know, and people, it's, which is uh, understandable because people are informed and people are, you know, I'm happy to say very very a lot of the metal people i meet are very easy going and and re reflective people you know uh, with not that many problems in their lives you know which, which is a good thing 
yeah. but but at the same time, um, uh, just as an example, I mean, in 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 um, nine, 1994, no, no, I'm saying in um, 2014, we did uh, a kind of some reunion shows with Emperor, you know, playing the entire In Lights of the Clips mm-hmm. with our original drummer, mm. um, you know, and uh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you might know his story. <laughs> yes, you know, I'm familiar. <laughs> but uh, but you know, people yeah. within the scene would be like, you know, how, oh, how can you have this guy, horrible person in your band, and you know, how can you let him into this? And yeah, be like really judgmental about you know us, you know, playing with him. And and uh, I was thinking, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, I can I can see from a point of view that. You know his his conviction. You know what what he had done and everything. Of course, you're entitled to have a personal opinion about whether you know he's he served his sentences and all that. So kind of the the Western uh, legal system is kind of uh, over it. You know, so it's that it's the kind of the the common deal. You know that you serve your time and then you kind of start over. So the, and and of course everybody can have have opinions about whether the punishment was enough or it was too little or too or too much but at some point we just have to kind of leave it alone but then I was, on, the, on top of that I was thinking to be honest if if that level that that uh, the legal system sets you know for for morals if that's too weak for you <laughs> in, in a way yeah. and and you need a higher level of political correctness Perhaps Norwegian black metal is it's it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. I mean, and I, you know, I had uh, not to get too much on a, a tangent, but I had as a journalist, I had written quite a bit about um, someone here in, in America who uh, was in prison for eighteen months. It's a long story, but he was he was he didn't murder someone, but he was present and there was a, a lot of circumstances that, that put him in there and, and he's had um, mm. a troubled time since he's been out and I'd written about him a lot in magazines and actually working on a book with him and uh, it's diff- it's heavy music but it's very different than anything we're talking about um, but my point in bringing that up is that I've had people you know say to me how can you write about this person how can you be friendly with this person uh, you know he's done this and he's done that and what I always say is, uh, well, if Tommy Lee from Motley Crue walked in the room right now, would you take a selfie with him? And nine times out of ten, that person goes, well, Tommy Lee, Motley Crue, of course, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny <laughs> you say that, but, uh, because I, I, in those positions, in not to interrupt you, but in those, you know, th- that kind of dilemma, when you come for that, it's actually Motley Crue and some of these bands that have come to mind for me as well. Sorry, please uh, continue. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah, because then, I, cause then I, I immediately think, well, um, he was, uh, you know, th- this this artist that I'm talking about, there's been allegations of uh, domestic abuse and issues like that, which, of course, are, are terrible if they're true. But then in the case of someone like Tommy Lee, he's confessed and been convicted and served time for it, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I was, you know, I follow Axl Rose on Twitter and I've, uh, you know, I saw the Guns N' Roses reunion at Coachella and I went to see them on another date on that tour. And, uh, you know, on, on Twitter, uh, Axl Rose has been very, very critical, uh, humorously, comedically so 
about um, the Trump administration and the Trump family and so on. Um, and at the same time, it's like, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, had an, an N-bomb uh, on one of his, on a Guns N' Roses record, you know, and talked about immigrants and, um, you know, uh, was alleged to have uh, beaten Stephanie Seymour and locked her in a closet. And, uh, you know, all, all these, all these, all these things that um, are so much worse than some of the standards that, so, so yeah, it's always uh, yeah, interesting it, to it, me, it, it, you know. This is, this is, uh, yeah, but I, I, I think we, we've probably experienced a lot of the same thing. And this, this is the hypocrisy yes. that we're always faced with when, when yes. it's kind of, I mean, I, I always like to say uh, there's a lot of things that I, I can't say I regret them. But you know that I've totally changed my mind about. You know there were some extreme attitudes and and positions I took early on. You know, uh, in my teens. You know, probably the the more you know opposition we got, probably the more extreme we wanted to. You know, the position we took. Sure. It was very. It was probably not very healthy at all. But it, but at the same time, I'm I'm very glad because getting. See, when you put yourself at that edge of society, you get a very interesting perspective, you know, and and uh, and also how opinions will change. You know, this is, is of course on a very mundane level. I see, you know, how people felt the the first Emperor albums, how kind of morally depraved and horrible this music was, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, when they sold enough, suddenly it was all okay. <laughs> Even though the contents did did not change. Now, and, uh, now it's now it's part of the Norwegian like tourism industry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, so, it's in museums and which, such. Yeah, which I which I find entertaining. And uh, and you you had also some um, some years ago some guy who six years prior to this had been involved in a Norwegian very very underground black metal band. I just heard the name. I've never met any of them, and. Uh, and uh, he he was kicked out because he was doing drugs and all that I think, and he was got into martial arts and all kinds of bad you know company. And he was uh, eventually was so fucked up that he he broke into a funeral home and chopped up a, a, a chopped off a, a dead man's head. Wow! You know, in a funeral yeah. home, which you know really bizarre. It's macabre. Mm-hmm. You know, but but from my, what I learned, you know, this was a lonely man. You know, he had no one, you know, so so when he was live, apparently no one cared about that old man. And the newspapers, they, they had black pages with white writing just to illustrate this is this is the worst thing that has happened in our our, our city's history. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and and then they call me because he was in a black metal band. I said, I want my comment. And I said. I'm sorry, I I don't know this person. I I have no connection with this at all. And it's like, yeah, but he he was in the black metal band. Well, I said, I'm sorry, but you 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 can't call me for a comment every time someone who ever played a distorted guitar do something wrong. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Well, well, then you can comment and like almost I needed to so that I could go public and kind of wash my hands of this. Yeah. Because and they they almost fronted this as an opportunity for me to to kind of uh, distance myself from that even though I had all the distance was there already you know to justify myself for playing 
black metal because they could relate something to it. You know, you you see the the stupid yeah. position. Yeah, and, and and if anything, distancing yourself from it would put you closer to it because then yeah, it's, yeah. because then it's like, why are you talking about it? <laughs> yeah, 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 place. exactly. Yeah, but in my head, I was thinking in this city, you know, just knowing how some I won't even I I dread even talking about, but how people you know are very wrong about kids and everything and kind of make stuff up like that probably in your city because it was not my city it was you know a neighboring city and it's like there are probably worse thing that that macabre event happening every day yes in yes. your city but it's just that it's it's uh, this is something they could talk about all this other shit they don't it doesn't stand the light of day you know and again it, it's it's the hypocrisy that we, we 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 all have to relate to. There's some some very very obvious, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> what can I call them? Wrong wrongdoings and 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 you know some things are are you know fully open for for uh, for uh, criticism. Other things are, are depending on which group of society you, you're part of. You can be criticized or you cannot be criticized. So there is no kind of common agreement of of uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, it's in English. I uh, can we take it in Norwegian? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. No, no, you know, I, I, you, you get my point. I I, I I do listen to Morton Harkett's solo albums. Maybe I can parse it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And um, you know, it, it's getting back to your earlier point, kind of where we started on this too. What happened to danger and and recklessness and unpredictability? You know, it's like we we want we want to have our cake and eat it too, as they say, where we want the the dangerous and provocative art, and yet we expect the artists who create it to constantly be held to standards that most people can't even really hold themselves to you know i mean imagine if everyone had to be accountable for things that they said and did when they were teenagers <laughs> in their oh, yeah, in yeah. their adult life you know that that that's what i say good luck imagine having what you said you know <laughs> yeah the internet when you were 16 you know for the rest of your life <laughs> you know be my guest <laughs> <laughs> oh i so many times i've been thankful that uh you know youtube and social media and all that didn't exist when i was a teenager you know, my, well, my, 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 my thoughts are lost in, uh, you know, fanzines that there were 50 copies of, yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> it was disappeared. Um, uh, uh, Thomas, you know, or Samuel Debra, you know, he, he, it's not that long ago. He said like, uh, he said to me, oh man, I'm, I'm so glad we didn't have Facebook. You know, imagine <laughs> the stuff we would have put out there, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Something I, I have always been been curious about, uh, taking a little bit of turn, but staying in, in the in the same subject matter generally, um, and of course, you know, I understand that there's limitations on on what you can and and can't discuss in terms of specifics. But you know, as 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 an outsider, as somebody who was aware of the black metal scene as it was emerging, but of course, you know, from across an ocean and and. Uh, and pre-internet days where, you know, I, I, I knew people that were writing letters back and forth with people in Norway and, and, and that sort of thing, but that was about as deep as it got. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, in terms of this spirituality and life's bigger questions and all of that, of, of course, when we think about um, 
the uh, extracurricular activities, the the things that, the yeah. things outside of the music that were happening. Um, you know, it's easy to to understand the the spirit of rebellion and that sort of thing. Was there ever? And I realize this would be different for each individual. So, in, in your personal experience, was there ever a spiritual component to that? Because I feel like sometimes that's ascribed to it, but I but I don't. I feel like it's really only for you to say, not for someone else yeah, to it, say. You know, I th- I think a, a lot of that stuff that happened, you know, and that whole thing those those years, obviously, as I'm sure there is in so many situations, you know, with, a, with an underground thing, they are given. So it's given so much substance kind of after the fact mm, mm-hmm. you know yes that is that it was much uh, you know much more profound and thought through whereas in essence you know i would i guess yeah the, at, at the time you know probably 80 percent of the people involved in that scene and being on that kind of uh uh kind of mass you know or in a very small scale but mass seduction of all all these things that we got into mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh we're teenagers you know and and with, with a very very strong you know i guess you know from from when it first started out and and the more opposition you know the more empowered i think everybody felt you know for, for having the impact you know, by not, you know, because obviously when you take, you know, with with the imagery, the clothes and the music and everything, you're, it's very typical that it, it's ridiculed, mm-hmm. you know, and taken, you know, just, just uh, whiffed away. And I think everybody felt very, very empowered, you know, when, when you had an image of being dangerous and suddenly people felt, fuck, this is dangerous, you know? <laughs> yeah, like a, a life so, Im- imitating art, art imitating life, and a, yeah, so, where so, does one so, begin and end at that point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and at that point, you know, teenagers, you know, like you feel, feel you know, uh, overpowered by all, all that kind of, all the collectiveness of people, and suddenly, you know, they, they, they don't, uh, they're not able to, to kind of disregard it. You know, I think it, it, it uh, Again, as I said, it's pro- it's probably very individual from from uh, everyone you speak to, and I'm sure even Irma Samoth would have a very different perspective than than I. As, and as uh, to be honest, he was very much more not not uh, not in um, in thought and and involvement, you know, musically or or anything like that. But he he was really the one with the contacts. So even within uh, in that black scene, I guess well, I was a bit of a loner, you know, <laughs> and a kind of outsider even in that. Yeah. So, so I I never really connected, uh, you know, with with that that group of people. He had kind of the network and and uh, uh, was much much more involved like that. Out, but, but, outcast it, among it, the outcast. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's uh, and. It, it, and 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 not like, you know, kept outside kind of thing. It's just that, uh, yeah, I. I it, it's not it's nothing heartbreaking about it. If you if you get what I mean, it's no, just, absolutely. It was, it was just a situation. It was never really you know a a goal for me either. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I wonder, you know, because it's easy to romanticize. And uh, and I think as you described the sort of life imitating art and the, the circle of it, you know, uh, it's like you think of Bruce Wayne putting on the Batman costume for the first time. And, and he's very aware that he's a guy dressing up as a bat. But then as soon yeah. as people are responding to him as Batman, then it's like he becomes Batman. You know, and I would imagine yeah. there was oh, something like he, that. He, you know, you know it, no, I'm not a you know a big comic fan or anything like that. If I had to choose one, obviously Batman would be my favorite superhero. <laughs> yes, he has a lot of cool, cool artifacts. You know, it's dark. Mm-hmm. That, of course, that that helps. But mainly because I think as a symbol, you know, relating to what we do, yes, it's uh, it's like he's not a superhero because he was got some some kind of power or you know he became a superhero because he decided to. Yeah, you know, and the, and yeah. that's a very, a very neat Nietzschean kind of. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a, and, a, like and a very black metal, uh, you know, in that sense of um, creating yeah. creating imagery, both in your personal appearance and then in the art and the music that you create that that is communicating these bigger ideas that you're yeah yeah that you want to put across, a symbol. Yeah, I love it. I'm curious now. You know, you, you've mentioned Nietzsche, obviously, um, and I think, uh, and without belaboring the point for people who are far outside of, of not only the black metal scene, but ex- extreme metal or extreme art of any kind, you know, it's very easy to think like, Oh, devil worshipers and Satan and so on. And, um, obviously, uh, just, you know, a perfect segue from what we were just talking about was symbols. Um, I think many people misunderstand that even for someone like King diamond, you know, when he's talking about Lucifer or whatever, it's more the symbol of, of rebellion or of, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, um, an agent of change or, or um, that, that. Yeah, a, a rebeller, you know, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a very natural kind of nemesis to that it was, that it, it everybody else accepts, you know, the, the one that challenges the, the, that com, kind of common perception of things. So, so I think it's, Obviously, rock and roll music has always kind of taken on that position, you know, either either by being lost, you know, lost from God or cast out, and yes. you know, it, it kind of goes through everything. And and, uh, and I I think uh, if you, you look at with the satanic imagery and all that, I think uh, especially from a Christian perspective, okay, so they do not worship God. Hence, they will worship the devil, right? You know, and and but the opposite of the, of worshiping, that's the kind of the clue thing that you you don't really worship. You question, <laughs> you know, it's a it, it it you know worshiping any god, you know, whether good or bad one. That's the whole. That's I think the whole worship idea, you know, just again, you know, just randomly picking one absolute truth. And just never question it. That that is worship, you know. Mm. And I th- I think in essence, the, you know, the sat- satanic imagery think it appeals. It's the opposite of that. Well, and, p- and and picking one, you know, ironically, and and I'm very inspired by um, a couple different theologians who, uh, you know, emerged from the Christian perspective, and are wrestling with this and, and exploring it. Um, that I'm I'm really fascinated by the the idea that. Um, God himself has become an idol, you know, within these monotheistic traditions that uh, reject idol worship, um, mm, yeah. that the this whole monolithic religion in and of itself has become an idol that's being uh, 
a false idol, you know, and, and there's a yeah, way yeah. of, of uh, I, I may not be art- articulating it nearly as well as these guys with, you know, multiple PhDs and things, but in essence, this idea that uh, to, to really serve God, you have to destroy God. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and to, to your point about rock and roll, um, you know, there's a great quote, and this was one of the things that uh, inspired this podcast, actually, when I, I read this from Bono, of all people, a number of years ago. Uh, there's a quote where he said, the music that really turns me on is either running toward God or running away from God. Both recognize the pivot that God is at the center of the jaunt. And I think you can take that God and say good and evil or big life's big questions or, or you know, if you want to. But uh, I, 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 I it, like you said, it was one of those moments where you read a quote and you go like, oh, he's just said that for me. Um, where I realized, yes, that's the art and the music that I've always been the most turned on by is... Uh, yeah, and, and, and I always get the question of, you know, why are you always making, you know, this dark music, you know? And, and, and I, I, I said that in some kind of press release that went out, as I, I always intend to make the darkest possible album, you know? And I, I guess just because it, it's, it's so natural for me to kind of think in, in those metaphors, Mm-hmm. But by, I, I think it, it just struck me that what what I probably should say to people who are, you know, when I say I want to make a dark record to someone who loves this type of music, they will get it. But for someone else, you know, to, who are estranged by this, I would say I would always try to make a very profound record, mm. you know, that deals with, you know, serious stuff, you know, yes. like, you know, existential crisis, you know, it's a that kind of chaos, that kind of uh, uh, rapture that we, it, as, as humans, find us in. We, you know, we, we, we cannot just flow on the surface all the time. You know, we, we need to allow ourselves to, to know these depths and, and get to know ourselves, you know, fully with faults and, 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 uh, and potential, you know, to, that encompasses all we are. And, and, you, and you can't, necessarily know yourself by just you know ignoring that side of you you know ignoring your your dark sides or or you, these these uh, big questions and just go happy go lucky all the time and 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 even you know i, I would consider myself uh, you know uh, rather uh, rather happy and very very lucky person i'm i'm where i'm at in my life i'm i'm super happy honestly uh, but that doesn't stop me from from uh, kind of exploring these subjects you know musically and lyrically and and because uh, and i can't i don't really i can't really say why you know but I, but i i'm drawn to this and this is my world this is this is what i know and this is it's kind of the 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 artistic world that i i and that that space that I work best within, you know. So and you know, it's uh, why why do you like sweet instead of sour? You know, it's uh, or, mm-hmm. or do you, is you can't really sell it, say. But so, uh, I was just uh, you know this is a digression from what what I was talking about just now. But I, when you mentioned earlier that that you could almost refer to someone else who just put, said it better. Often when I'm confronted, like okay, so so what is your stand on things? You know and. And I would say, boringly enough, I would say probably uh, some middle ground, you know, influenced by, you know, 
where, where it's drawn into politics and all that. I'm saying like a mix between Sam Harris and Nietzsche, you know, but probably more, you know, in, in a modern sense, you know, a, a bit more like, you know, when I watch Sam Harris stuff, you know, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am very familiar. And, and he, he's also a, a, a wish list guest for this podcast. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's so calm. He's so understanding. It's just very, very intellectual. It's not disrespectful. And I just, you know, I, I, I saw that episode when he was attacked by Ben Affleck. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the Bill Maher show. Yeah. He spent like 12 minutes just bombarding him and just really proving the point he made, you know, in the first five seconds. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think Ben Affleck was, was hopped up on those Batman steroids at the time. So he, <laughs> yeah. was, he was a bit aggressive. Uh, yeah, uh, that's so funny the way you put that. Yeah, I would, uh, uh, my, my worldview I would describe as, as somewhere between uh, Peter Rollins, who is one of these philosophers I was referencing, and <laughs> Morrissey. Although, to back to your way earlier point about constantly evolving, you know, Morrissey said a few dodgy things lately, so <laughs> I'm going to have to yeah, pick somebody again, else. <laughs> so, someone actually told me that because I, I reference Nietzsche. You know, and and in my in my youth, when I started reading Zarathustra, I, you know, I, at the same time, someone someone was telling me like, yeah, he was like, you know, his philosophy was kind of more or less feeding the Nazi philosophy. I was like, what the fuck? I don't I don't want to read this, and I kind of just disregarded it. But you know, coming back to it later, you know, what 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 he, it was his sister, you know, after he died that presented all this stuff, and they kind of totally misused it. That's as much of intellectual work often is, you know, for their own political means. But I mean, anyone who can read any Nietzsche, I think, would quickly see that that he was totally against any form of marching. I mean, in general, he had a, he had almost had a resentment for the German population, you know. So so it's uh, and uh, and 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 just as misunderstood as you know, I would say that how. When I mentioned Nietzsche, I think people react to that in a similar way that that Ben Affleck reacts to Sam Harris. Mm. You know, he says one thing, and he just consequently just, yeah, and I misunderstand you, and you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, so so it, it, it's frustrating. But uh, and this kind know, of this kind of brings us full circle too, because uh, you know, even as I hear myself saying how much I identify with so many things Morrissey has said over the years. And then there are things that he said that I absolutely would reject. Um, that's one of the dangers of religion is picking something and saying, yes, I am that I believe in that a hundred percent. No, I mean, with just about everything, there's going to be, there, there should be caveats where you go, well, <laughs> I like yeah. this, but with the exception of maybe this part, you know, I mean, I, I loved reading, H.P. Lovecraft uh, as a kid, and you know, I didn't, I didn't know until an adult that he was apparently like a, a horrible racist. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay, but so should I throw all of H.P. Lovecraft's work in the in the dumpster? You know, it, it would be just as foolish yeah. as a black it, it, metal fan saying that they won't listen to your solo records or or go see Emperor because of. Uh, something that the original drummer was arrested for, and yeah, yeah. you know, it's the same type of mentality. Or that, I, 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 you know, does it matter? I mean, uh, uh, it's like, do you know the Norwegian writer Knut Hamsun? I don't. No, he, he's in Norway. I mean, he's he's one. You know, in uh, you know the. I think I think he got that. Um, you know, lit, Nobel Literature Prize. You know, he's, he's dead. You know, long ago. But he's one of the absolute 
biggest, you know, authors in Norway, from Norway. You know, his 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 writings is, you know, above, you know, <laughs> most of everything else from his time, like a true icon. Mm-hmm. But during the war, he had kind of brown sympathies, and and then we'll, you know, and I, uh, it's of course now many years is, is fully open about that, but. People see they they can't really. Uh, they, they will some people will disregard his entire writing, because of that. That he in his in his uh, uh, you know very old years you know fucked up like that. Mm-hmm. You know it's a, so and, and they they cannot. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's like disregarding everything that Levey had to say because of some of the corny magic yeah. rituals or because some of some of the stupid things people were into or disregarding everything that that Jesus Christ stood for if you believe he was a historical real figure that said and did these certain things because of all the horrible things that have been done in his name <laughs> you know yeah. i think that yeah, I, I, that I, idea of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and, and most absolutely. things is is foolish you know i, I just I, and, uh, I just remember i mean i was discussing this with a very deeply christian friend of mine and, and and we've been dis- discussing it. Of course, I was quoting Nietzsche, you know, hard. <laughs> and he and and so just to pick up on a conversation when I met him again. Okay, so but you know, you you follow Nietzsche, and I said, no, that's the whole point. I don't follow. You know, t- I I find things when I re- you do read stuff that he he put into words. You know, such an immensely intelligent person. It doesn't mean that I follow and I, I take for granted, well, Nietzsche said it, so it has to be true. That's the whole point. And that's probably would be his entire point as well. <laughs> you know, in in, in his uh, uh, Saratustra, he says, uh, like, and it's very biblically written, that's, uh, and he's like, Saratustra says to his disciples, you know, that it's very uh, much like that. And like, only when you have denied you, denied me, I will come back to you, because his whole point was, you know, the what's what's uh, what's uh, what's the purpose of being a teacher, if if your students always remain students, mm. you know? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Well, I, well, I will say to bring us completely from the from the start to the finish of our conversation, uh, if you have the occasion to meet Morton Harkett again. And he asks you about the music that you make. You can tell him what you so wonderfully articulated to me about uh, making making something that is profound and that has meaning and that uh, is a, a above the noise with uh, with substance and something to well, say. At, at least, at least an attempt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I would say, and I, I speak from many of your fans that you, you've certainly succeeded in that, and the body that you body of work that you've created us oh, has you. done that many times. It's very, so, it's very kind of you to say. Well, excellent. Well, I, I'm so happy that you were able to make the time to do this, and um, it, it, I couldn't well, have gone you. couldn't have gone better. to everything I would have. My, hoped. my pleasure. It's, it was a very interesting conversation, and uh, and uh, a, a kind of a break for me just talking about uh, you know all my wonderful ideas about the new album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, fi- I figure it was it was better than uh, who are your influences and tell me about the album title and <laughs> yeah, nice breath of fresh air. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm very privileged that actually people give a shit, you know. <laughs> of course, no, of course, and that's a great way to look at it. Um, 
Well, excellent. Yeah, and I would uh, love to stay in touch and uh, and and have you on again at some point down the road. I would, uh, I'd start love to. Doing re- you, you would be a great repeat guest. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> we, I'm sure we have more to talk about. In, Indeed. If we get the chance. Indeed. Awesome. Be sure to check out Ishan.com to stay up to date on all of the accomplished singer, guitarist, composer, multi-instrumentalist, and cultural innovator's creative output. You can find No Prize From God on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as on Patheos, where our blog takes a deep dive into the subjects we've explored with our guests. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Downey and on Instagram at SuperheroHQ. And you can check out past episodes of No Prize From God with great guests like Maddie Mullins of Memphis Mayfire, Jesse Leach of Killswitch Engage, Karen Crisis of Gospel of the Witches, Tim from Under Oath, Ryan Clark of Demon Hunter, Satir of another important Norwegian black metal band, Satyricon, Sister Kate of the Sisters of the Valley, a.k.a. the Weed Nuns, DeWitt Hellion from Integrity, Max Cavalera of Soulfly, Modern Tarot author Michelle T., and more. And please head into iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review. The more of those we receive the higher the visibility for the podcast and the more it can be discovered. No Prize from God is part of the Pop Curse Podcast Network. If you're a Metallica fan, check out our sister podcast, Speak and Destroy, a podcast about all things Metallica. Guests have included members of Megadeth, Pantera, Machine Head, Lamb of God, and Hailstorm, as well as the aforementioned Rob Halford of Judas Priest. As always, you guys have been great, and I've been Ryan J. Downing. As always, you guys have been great, and I've been Ryan J. Downing.